It's Thursday, January 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. It's a special edition on a pretty gloomy day if you're a Tribe fan or a fan of Francisco Lindor or Carlos Carrasco, as the Indians have announced they've traded both players to the New York Mets in exchange for a package of two major league players, Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, both shortstops, along with a couple of prospects, low minor leaguers in Josh Wolf, a pitcher, and Isaiah Green, a uh, an outfielder. Uh, I'm joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer, uh, Doug Lamarice, our uh, sports columnist. Uh, we were both, all three of us, were in on the uh, interview, the the availability there with uh, Chris Antonetti, the president of baseball operations for the Indians. Seems like we've we've had so many of these uh, these press conferences over the last couple of seasons where the Indians are trading away core pieces, big pieces, successful players, uh, but never really one of this magnitude in, in Francisco Lindor. Uh, Hoinsey, you watched Frankie since he came up with the Indians uh, in, in 2015. Just what's your immediate reaction to, uh, you know, the, the fact that the Indians had to part, part ways with the, the face of the franchise? This is like uh, watching a car crash in slow motion, uh, Joe. I mean, we've seen this coming I think we've seen this coming since he turned down a multi-year deal after his first full season in 2017. Uh, you knew this, you know, that's what they wanted. They wanted free agency. That's what they got. Uh, so that's not a surprise, but the thing, you know, but, you know, as we said in a zoom call, you know, the Indians hit on this guy. I mean, he was a number one pick. He turned into an all-star, a silver slugger, a gold glove winner. And uh, they still have to trade him one year short of a free agency. And, you know, so he was homegrown, but Carrasco wasn't homegrown, but it seemed like it. You know, this is a guy that's been here since 2009. You know, he's, he's never pitched for an, in the big leagues for another team, just as Lindor's never played for a, for a team other than the Indians in the big leagues or in the minors. So it's like losing two, like, almost franchise type. Well, Lindor is a franchise type player. And, uh, you know, Carrasco is certainly the inspiration of this, of this team over the last couple of years. Right. You know, Doug, losing Frankie, I guess you can sort of rationalize it. He was, he was going to make $300 million contract somewhere. It wasn't going to be in Cleveland, but uh, for fans, really Carrasco is the emotional center of this team in the last couple of seasons. How much of a gut punch is that when you weren't expecting necessarily to lose Carlos Carrasco at this point? Uh, am I going to sound crass? Um, I mean, you can't, you can't run a team with your heart, right? So uh, the idea of this of like, you know, I mean, whatever they got in this, they probably got a little more by throwing in Carrasco or they were able to sort of get off Carrasco money as part of like, it's, if you're not going to, I mean, their payroll is going to be minuscule. I mean, what's, what's Carlos Carrasco going to be in the scheme of things in the next season or the next couple seasons. Right. I mean, is he's not the difference between them making the playoffs and not. So I get it. I mean, I, you know, I get it. I, I'm just the, the Lindor part of it, even though it's inevitable, it just stinks. But um, I think sometimes packaging guys like this actually makes some sense. And, and you can't, you can't not trade him just because he went through a terrible thing and he's an awesome person and everybody loves him, which sounds awful, but is true. I mean, it's true, but yeah, that is, I mean, that was a little out of left field, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, you look at that roster, you look at that payroll, 
you know, Lindor uh, and and Carrasco were the low-hanging fruit of the in in on this uh, on this roster. I mean, Carrasco's making twelve million, twenty like twenty-seven million over the last three years. You know, Lindor's going to at least make twenty this year. So if you're looking to cut payroll, there's nobody else close on this roster making that kind of money. So those are the guys that got to go. And uh, you know, obviously, you know they were able to package in the deal, package them. I didn't think they would be able to package them. But, uh, you know, as, as Doug said, you know, that maybe that's you get a better return. Obviously, you get a better return that way. But you're also dumping a lot of money. So. Right. You, you, you're dumping here, what, uh, somewhere in the range of $35 million in salary. Uh, Chris Antonetti said that they are going to reinvest at least some of that back into the, this team uh, in, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, so maybe there's some flexibility to to sign uh, a guy like a Cesar Hernandez who, uh, you know, if either Carrasco or Lindor or either of them is on the team uh, heading into spring training, I don't think you have the ability to sign somebody else uh, like like Hernandez uh, or, or another bat to, to fill out the middle of the order. Uh, what is the Indians infield going to look like? Are, are Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez going to be the guys up the middle of the infield for this uh this indians team or is there uh you know some flexibility there with rosario with with jimenez and in where they can play yeah i think uh jimenez is was was the uh you know the met shortstop of the future so they've got him i think they'll plug him in at short he seems to be um you know the mets you know spoke very you know the people i've talked to with the mets really liked him uh, Rosario, a lot of talent, a lot of, you know, good, good tools, but kind of maybe a little lacking in the instinct uh, department. Um, but, uh, you know, I think so, like you said, Joe, I think, uh, you know, you put him in as a short and uh, maybe Rosario plays second. Maybe he plays, he played all over for the Mets last year, second, third and, and, and short. Maybe he's your utility guy. And you go out and get a second baseman like Cesar Hernandez. You know, there's a, there's a, there's quite a few on on the on the market there that uh, they could go out and fill that hole at second base. This is an organization, the Indians, now that that really is overstocked at the shortstop position, uh, and, and it even makes it a bigger head scratcher as to why they would would continue to draft guys at the position uh, as they did earlier in the year. You could pretty much line up uh, from from a, a organizational standpoint, you could put a shortstop at every position and, and field the team that way. Uh, it probably wouldn't win very many games, but it, it's, it's gotta be frustrating uh, for fans to see you're, you're trading away the face of the franchise in Lindor. You've been stockpiling and you've got all these young shortstops, but they're so far away. And now you've got two more guys that you just added to the major league roster and you don't know which really which one of them can play the position. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, you know, I guess what when you draft a shortstop, he's supposed to be uh, the best player on the team. I think most a lot of those uh, shortstops, the, the young guys from uh, Venezuela and the Dominican Republic, uh, you know, I think you know, do they project as a third baseman or as a second baseman? Do they do? Can you move a couple of them to the outfield? I think that's, you know, that might be behind the Indians, uh, you know, 
kind of incessant drafting and signing of shortstops, you know, but who knows? I mean, but, you know, I would think, you know, I, you know, Jimenez has played in the big leagues, you know, and, and he's, you know, he's, he played pretty well with, with the Mets last year. So we'll see, we'll see how it works out. But they, you know, like you said, they got Yu Chang, you know, and sitting there, they've got uh, the kid, uh, Tyler Freeman, so they've got a bunch of guys, you know, kind of stockpiled at short. They don't, don't got anybody that can hit 30 home runs. That's from, from either side of the plate as well. Uh, Doug, I, I want to bring up a point that, that you and I were discussing uh, via text earlier. Um, just who's to blame here for the Indians not being able to, to keep a homegrown player? Like Lindsay said, this is a guy you drafted and you developed and, and you did everything right. You hit on all the marks. Uh, where, where, who shoulders the most blame in, or, or is there blame to go around for that? Uh, it, does it lie with Frankie? Does it lie with Paul Dolan? Is it, is it Chris Antonetti's fault that the Indians didn't get something done with Frankie to make him their shortstop beyond the 2021 season? I think it's baseball, right? I mean, it's the sport, it's the system. And then there are people who play their roles within the system, right? But that's, that's not new to anybody. I mean, Paul, you can run down the list of great Indians who have wound up leaving either as free agents or being traded before they hit free agency because the same thing was going to happen with them. And this is how it works, you know, if you're not the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim signing Mike Trout because you have a bunch of money. I mean, even the Red Sox got rid of Mookie Betts, right? And, and usually the big dogs can keep their guys, but it doesn't mean it doesn't stink, which is kind of what I wrote. It's like, I don't know. You know, there are a lot of questions on the call with Chris Antonetti about the system and what can you do about it? And it's like, no, what's, what can anyone do about it? But that doesn't mean you shouldn't spend today restating the obvious that it stinks. It just stinks. And, you know, the Browns right now, when they drafted Miles Garrett and developed him, like they, it wasn't hard to sign Miles Garrett and have that be a priority and fit him into your roster and he wants to stay and you have the money and everything's shared. And there's, it was easy that it's that easy to keep miles Garrett. And it's almost impossible to keep Francisco Lindor. We all know the deal, but on a day when it happens, you have to say that stinks. And my, I have the word hate in my headline on my column. (laughs) Don't you hate baseball today? Now, do the owners bear a, a share of this? Absolutely. They could pay him. But as Chris Antonetti said, Chris Antonetti made it sound like, well, if we paid Francisco Lindor, we'd have cardboard cutouts at five other positions because we wouldn't have any other money left. So ownership, some, yeah. I mean, would you what, do you wish Frankie said, I'll take half the money to stay? Yeah, but who does that, right? What, what else could Antonetti in the front office have done? I don't know. What else could they have done? So it's just the way it is. And will it ever change? I don't know. How are they going to get a salary cap in baseball? How are they going to share revenue equally for everybody to be on the same page? It stinks. It's probably never going to change. But on a day like this, people in Cleveland have to say it stinks. And if you hate baseball for a while as an Indians fan, that's the system is set up for you to hate baseball. But, for you but to be so mad if you hate it until they're good again. But that's part of the reason why Antonetti said he makes these trades is to stay competitive and this – this utter resistance to the idea of tearing it down and building it up again. Look at what the Astros did before it was revealed that they got in, they fell in love with garbage cans and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they did it. 
the right way. They, they tore everything down. They suffered through five losing seasons and, and they were awful and they built their franchise up from uh, through the draft and they embraced analytics. They got the right guy in at the right time in AJ Hinch and they won a world series again. Okay. Can I, can I say this? To, what I would suggest to you, I don't think people want to talk about tanking today. I love tanking as much as anybody. I love tanking. But here's the thing that I think is the most frustrating thing. When the Browns tanked, they tanked because they stunk already trying. So they may as well tank. The Indians are good. So the thing that is the most frustrating thing today is that the system is built that it feels like the Indians did not have a choice to try to win with Francisco Lindor. In order to try, maybe, to keep winning, they have to get rid of them because that's the thing here. Yes, the payroll is going to drop off a cliff, right? They're going to reinvest, whatever, but you got to feel the team. It's going to drop off a cliff. But there are two different things at play here. One is trying to be competitive and trying to be good. And I think Chris Antonetti, and you guys know this better than anybody, they deserve all the benefit of the doubt in this kind of thing. What they have done has been unbelievable in building this franchise to where it is. So they might be able to swing this. They keep pulling pitchers out of nowhere. They probably have four Cy Young Award winners stacked up in the minors <laughs> right now that none of us ever heard of. So there's the trying to compete as a franchise, but there's also keeping your stars, right? Yeah. And the system for mo- low market teams is when the Rays or the Indians or teams like that trade their stars, it doesn't mean that they can't be good teams and it doesn't mean they can't compete. It means that the system is set up for them to compete by trading their stars in their prime to get the prospects and be smart. It's not even an option for them to be smart and keep their stars. And that's today is not necessarily about competing and winning because you know what? They're smart. Today is about, man, you don't even have the option. It's not even realistic that 20 as 27 year old homegrown dynamic offense, defense on the field, off the field, superstar shortstop, the system is set up where the only thing that could happen for him as a Cleveland Indian is what happened today. And even if the Indians make the playoffs next year, today, that reality stinks. Right. Point Z, yeah. uh, you know, Doug makes a makes a good point, you know, about Lindor being the 27-year-old face of your franchise and whatnot. When you, years from now, when you look back on covering Francisco Lindor from age, you know, 21 through 27, his his five seasons here in, in Cleveland, you know, what's going to stand out to you? What are you going to write about Francisco? What are you going to remember about Francisco Cisco Lindor and his time here in Cleveland? Yeah, you know, I think uh, when I think of Lindor, you know, just I think when I think of great middle infielders that I've seen with the Indians, I think of Omar Vizquel and uh, Robbie Alomar. And then when I think of Lindor, I think he's a combination of the both of those guys. You know, Robbie Alomar was five-tool guy. He could hit. He could hit the ball out of the park. He could run. He was a gold glover. Omar was more of a, you know, shortstop, uh, you know, defensive-minded shortstop, 11 gold gloves. To me, Lindor combined both those guys, both those talents. You know, he, he can hit. He can field. He can run. He can steal a base. Um, just, uh, you know, he's, he's smart. He's, he's heady on the field. Um, you know, so that that's what I'll remember about him. Definitely. You know, and, and like Doug was saying, I mean, it does stink. It does stink. But I think, 
you know, if you're an Indians fans, you have to have a pretty thick skin because we've seen this. We've seen this with Tommy. We've seen it with Albert Bell. We've seen it with Manny Ramirez. We've seen it with Michael Brantley. We've seen it, you know, we've seen it with Corey Kluber and Bauer and Clevenger. We, we've seen it time and time again. And, you know, it, it's, it's not like when we were growing up when a team kept a guy for 10 years. There was no free agency and, and all of that. You know, the, now these guys have a right to move after, when they get to six years and uh, they're moving. You know, you're not stopping that system. Are the Indians going to be watchable? in 2021 knowing that they're the, the you know three three-fourths of the infield is gone uh, already as opposed to this this was a group that didn't miss a game together pretty much throughout the 2020 season uh and, and they performed pretty pretty well uh right now you've got jose ramirez as the pretty much the, the headliner on this club uh, jose ramirez and, and roberto perez are the um you know the the only two the top two salaries coming back. Uh, but that's only because Shane Bieber's not eligible for arbitration yet. Uh, you've got Jose Ramirez and you've got a, a pretty decent young starting rotation. Now that's been sort of clipped with, uh, without Carrasco, are the Indians going to be watchable? I think, you know, the pitching staff will keep them from being embarrassed, the starting rotation. But I guess if, if you like to watch two to one and three to two games, you know, this is the team for you. Doug, do the Indians run the risk of with, with their offense being as depleted as it's going to be wasting the best years of Shane Bieber here? It's a risk. It's a risk. And, and as you said, Joe, that's kind of the thing of, of when you try to sort of keep it going and you don't go all in on a rebuild or you don't go all in on going for it. You can, you can get trapped in the middle in the pursuit of staying competitive. Um, but you know what? It, it doesn't take a ton like, what if there's a guy in the minors who pops in the next year or two? What if the next Lindor is ready to hit the field for this team in 2023, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know who it is. I have no, you guys know, but some, you know, I do think there is some level of trust with your organization that is required. And I do think to Paul's point, if you're going to start somewhere with the team to have the staff, to have the pitching staff, listen, every five days, the Indians are going to put arguably the best pitcher in baseball on the mound. That's a reason to watch. Time up your tickets. If we're allowed to go to baseball games, go on a day Bieber's pitching. <laughs> a lot of other days, they're not. I mean, the worst thing in the world is when you have a half-decent lineup and you're rolling tomato cans out there who are giving up six runs in the first three innings every game. That makes it really hard to watch. This pitching staff will keep them competitive a little bit. And then wait, wait for this developmental system to maybe work some magic. This, this has been a developmental system that's that's been so good at producing pitching and, and you see it right now in the in the rotation and everywhere in the 40-man roster but it has not had the same level of success in producing that you know that knockout bat other than Lindor who pretty much came in as a as a ready-made deal I guess but uh, you know why can't this team develop an outfield bat and and, and have somebody in there who uh, can hit you know, 30, 35 home runs a, a season and, and be an all-star uh, in the outfield. It's been forever since the Indians have had a productive outfield player uh, outside of Michael Brantley. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the uh, million-dollar question, I guess. Uh, you know, and, and, and I don't know if it goes in cycles. I, 
you know, it's not like the Indians have been drafted outfielders. You know, they, they drafted Frazier, they drafted Zimmer, they, uh, you know, they drafted Naquin. None of those guys, I mean, uh, you know, Frazier obviously got traded, but none of those guys, you know, Zimmer and, and Naquin couldn't stay healthy. And when they were healthy, you know, they weren't that, that, that one guy that, that you wanted hitting in the middle of the lineup. Michael Brantley was, but they let him walk. He was pretty much, you know, like Carrasco, a guy they got from outside the organization, but they developed him as one of their own. And he came up and, and played very well for them. But, you know, since Brantley, they haven't had an outfielder that, that you know, has, you know, kind of captured your imagination and can, uh, you know, carry a ball club for a, a week or two. So there's, I mean, you guys know this point. It's the obvious point, but it's like, I think it's just worth stating out loud. You know, when Paul says Carrasco's not originally their guy, but it's like he was, well, it's, you know, it's because he came in the Cliff Lee trade, which was kind of like the trade they just made today. And when you, Michael Brantley's not their guy, but it's kind of like he was, it's because he came in the CC Sabathia trade. It's kind of like the trade, which is like a reminder of like, okay, you know, I don't know that we're going to, I don't think we're going to break down the four guys they got from the Mets all that much in this. You guys can do that for the next three months, but that's where you've got to have a little faith because it's like, you love Michael Brantley and you, you know, you love Carlos Carrasco. It's like, well, they don't fall from the sky. You got to give something up to get them. So maybe the next Francisco Lindor or Michael Brantley or Carlos Carrasco just became an Indian today. So I think that is worth keeping in mind. And the other thing that I just want to make sure I say on this podcast is even though they say they don't want to rebuild and want to keep this going there, you always are going to end up paying the piper. And so I know fans are frustrated today, but I hope that anybody who's like, I'm out, I'm out on the Indians. I'm done. <laughs> they just made the playoffs four of the last five years. They have given you amazing baseball for five years. They were in the 10th inning of game seven of the world series. They followed that up with a hundred win season. They have had MVP candidates and Cy Young candidates out the wazoo in an amazing five-year run. And you got as close to getting a World Series ring as you can get without getting one. You always were going to have to pay for that. And like we're talking today, yeah, there's, there's holes in this lineup. You know, Clint Frazier's not a superstar. He'd help, except you traded him for Andrew Miller, which helped you get to the World Series. So, like, they did go for it in some ways where they gave up some dudes along the way to try to make a run there. This was always coming. There's always a cliff. If you're not the Yankees, man, you there's always a cliff if you go for it a little bit. So on some level, it's frustrating and sad and a day to be angry. On another level, it was inevitable. And just give them, give them a little time here. I wouldn't it's, – it's, it's unfair, I think, to them a little bit to be like, stinking cheap Indians – you know, how, how dare you do this to me? It's like, well, the last five years are pretty good, man. Don't yeah. forget that. Hey, yeah, they've, not- they've, they've earned a little, uh, what do they call it? Cachet or was that the word or, you know, they've, they've uh, you know, the, the front office has earned that. I think they've earned a little bit of trust that the fans should have some trust in them. Like you said, Doug, I mean, this is a day to uh, be aggravated and to uh, kind of beat your head against the wall, but you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're Antonetti and Chernoff, you know, they have a pretty good track record. And sometimes you got to put your trust in that. All right. Well, it wouldn't be the first time I've gotten an email in the last, you know, couple of weeks or months about, uh, you know, fans being angry and saying I'm out on the Indians, although it was for a completely different reason regarding the name that, that would, you know, we haven't even talked, it didn't even 25 minutes of talking and we haven't mentioned the, the name change once, which is also a relief. 
provides a great distraction, I guess. Uh, guys, thanks for uh, for chiming in. On... Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying they traded the best player in the last 20 years of the franchise to change the subject on the name change? Is that – no, is this their – No. They're playing chess? It's they're just... playing chess? It's just convenient for me to not have to answer those questions and emails anymore now. And now you just got to get the ones about how everybody's cheap and they won't pay their players. And, and you, you can't explain that. So, man, everyone's uh, really mad about this name. What if, what if we trade Lindor and Carrasco? Do you think they'd stop talking about the name then? They're, they're not mad about the name right now. You can call them, you can call the team whatever you want right there tomorrow. It ain't going to make a difference because Frankie and Carlos aren't going to be there. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we'll be back again uh, next week with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Doug, Paul, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. <laughs>